It's a Methodist exodus. The United Methodist Church might not be so united after all. Many churches leaving over disagreements, same-sex marriage, LGBT pastors. Will we see a full denominational split among the Methodists? It's not just that some churches are leaving. Some of the largest churches in the United Methodist world are leaving. It's a stronghold that's about to break up. Churches in Texas and the South, boasting memberships over 10,000, have voted to leave. Why is that? Fundamental differences in theology. The United Methodists have gradually opened their doors to LGBT individuals and endorsed same-sex marriage. To these large conservative churches, that's just too far. They voted to leave so they could focus on the Bible instead, leaving behind distractions. Bittersweet, one pastor said, but necessary. When to leave? That's a question we all have to face in a changing world. But here's something. Christ will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. Welcome to Haven Today. As we come to another weekend, I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're wrapping up a series called Through It All. I hope this series has blessed you as it has blessed me. Hearing how our Savior is with his people through it all, a reminder of what we all need in our stressful world full of change and pain. We're uncertain about the future, but we certainly can be certain of our Lord, the one who holds the future, our future in his hands. And that's really a comforting thought, isn't it? Christ is with his people through it all. Whatever this fallen world throws at us, even during the worst times of our lives. Well, on this program, I want us to share the story of the late J.I. Packer. He was a famous theologian. His most famous book was called Knowing God, and then maybe Growing in Christ. Those books alone have taught and encouraged countless Christians around the world. But not many people know about his personal life and the trials he faced by the power of God. But our Lord is the great physician, and he's our great physician, too. I also think of my friend Johnny Erickson Tata. If anyone understands the trials and tribulations of this life, it's Johnny. Paralyzed and bound to a wheelchair for decades, not the life she had planned for herself by any stretch of the imagination. I can't think of many people who have gone through as much as she has, but she knows that her God is with her, sustaining her through it all. And she's convinced that God uses music to help us remember the truths and promises found in his word. That song is one of the ways our Lord is with us through it all. Maybe there are songs that you haven't heard in a very long time, but they're still there in your head and in your heart, just the same. Songs about Jesus, songs we can sing even in the darkness and the pain. And why can we sing them? Because they're true. They're songs about our faithful Savior who never leaves us nor forsakes us. We can sing hymns that point us to Jesus and God's glorious truths found in his holy word. Even if we can't have our Bibles open in front of us all the time. And after this time together, I want to invite you to get a copy of Johnny's brand new book called Songs of Suffering, 25 Hymns and Devotions for Weary Souls. 
It's the fruit of suffering. Maybe that seems like a strange thing to say, but the suffering Johnny's experienced led her to write this book. 25 hymns picked not because they give us temporary happiness, but because they give us encouragement and joy even when we are hurting. Johnny wants us to not only hear these hymns, but also to have them reach into our hearts so we can stand on God's promises in our lives, even in the bad times, so we can trust in the Lord and know that he's with us through it all. I want to send you the book after this program. You just need to call us. Maybe you'd like to send it to someone else as well as yourself. Just ask for the Johnny book when you call 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go to our website, look at some of the samples from this new hardback book, and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now, I want us to get started with some music and the Gaither Vocal Band. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up.
What a really sweet rendition of a worship song intertwined the classical canon in D. You are my all in all, canon indeed, Gaither Vocal Band. I'm Charles Morris, and the program is called Through It All. Now, I know I've talked about this before, but I don't think we get enough of it. Strength comes from weakness. Now, that's the way of the gospel. And it's something Christians have known and experienced ever since they first witnessed the power of the resurrection springing out of the weakness of death in Christ's crucifixion. What looks like defeat to this world is a triumph for the love of Christ. What looks like defeat in our lives, the Lord can use and turn to our ultimate triumph. Indeed, we are more than conquerors in Christ. If you've listened any this week, you've heard the story of Johnny Erickson Tata, finding her strength in the Lord in the midst of weakness. She's paralyzed from the shoulders down and has been most of her life. Yet her faith is still strong, her testimony powerful. I've struggled with weakness my whole life as well. I contracted polio as a child a year before the salt vaccine was found and distributed. And some of the symptoms still haunt me to this very day. Teague and soreness and more, yet in that weakness, I can find my strength. Well, I was able to meet up with Dr. J.I. Packer. He died two Augusts ago, but I was able to meet up with him a few years back before he did die and go to heaven. And we talked together about weaknesses. We spoke about his own experience of weakness, how he had a hole in his head after colliding with a bread truck as a young boy. Well, you'll hear more of his story in a moment. He was a renowned theologian from England, later in Canada, and a pastor. But more than that, he was a fellow pilgrim struggling with weakness along the way. So together, let's listen in. Dr. Packer, you've been with me on this program before. Thank you very much for joining me again. Oh, it's a pleasure. And the last time you let me call you Jim, so may I call you Jim this time? Yes, of course you may. <laughs> uh, you have a new book out, and it's called Weakness is the Way. You share of yourself as being a weak person. Can you explain that to me? That's perfectly true. It started when I was a kid. I was a somewhat withdrawn child and uh, adolescent anyway. At age seven, I was being chased, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. so I ran into the road and collided with a truck. And the effect of that, cutting the intermediate details out, was to leave me with a hole in my head. A hunk of bone um, had been taken out of my head by uh, a brilliant surgeon, actually. Mm -hmm. They feared that the effect of the impact and the breaking of the bone in my forehead might well be that my brain would be damaged and my behavior and my talk and so on would show it for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Nothing like that actually happened. Growing up, I was always having to adjust to having a hole in my head. Mm. I feel the force of it when people say, I need that like I need a hole in my head, <laughs> and it does create problems. When I was a teenager, 
I had to keep out of school sports. I was marginalized in that way. Also, as a teenager, and indeed before, from right from the time I came out of hospital at age seven, I had to wear an aluminium plate held onto my head by elastic mm. to cover the hole and guard me, you see, against um, accidental blows. Well, it made me conspicuous, of course, and I didn't enjoy that feeling. And for a child, you were made fun of. Well, I was, rather, yes. now that you put it that way, mm -hmm. though I wasn't going to say it that way to you. Mm -hmm. But, yes, and from that standpoint, I can sympathize, even though it's from a distance, with some of the bullying experiences that kids mm -hmm. go through these days mm -hmm. and that hit the headlines because, mm. you know, there have been two or three dreadful cases of kids committing suicide because they couldn't stand the bullying. That's right. Yes, I was marginalized. I was thought of as a bit of a freak. I gave up the aluminium plate when I left school and went to Oxford and never covered the whole since. I've simply trusted myself and trusted the Lord to keep me out of blows mm. on the bit of my head where they would do real damage. You're known as a theologian of great respect around the world, an evangelical conservative theologian. You're originally out of the Church of England and, and you're an ordained Anglican uh, That's right. pastor. You've been teaching theology. Weakness is what you decided to speak about last. Why weakness? <laughs> the essence of the feeling of weakness is that you have to face the fact that you can't do what you'd like to do and what in some cases uh, you think you ought really to be able to do, mm -hmm. one reason or another. And when you're frustrated at that level, well, you do feel it. Some Christians think they're very strong. Some Christians, by nature, think they're weak. The Apostle Paul, though, is an interesting case in point, because you bring him up in your new book. Paul, at one point in his life, thought he was strong. By the time he got to writing Second Corinthians, though, oh. it was a whole other matter. Can you just explain that to us a little? You're absolutely right in what you say. Second Corinthians is unique among Paul's letters mm. because it is a testimony to weakness from beginning to end. At the end, Paul is celebrating the fact that in his weakness, he's being made strong. And now he says, I'll glory in these things, that the power of mm. Christ may rest upon me. Mm. Yes, I shall continue being weak and feeling weak, but I shall find that task by task and moment by moment, Jesus is giving me what I need, mm. what I need to say, mm. what I need to do, the attitude I need to take, the patience that I need to show with awkward people, and so on and so on. And that's the ultimate triumph, it seems to me, of Paul in Second Corinthians, yes? At the beginning he tells them he's weak and he feels weak. Mm -hmm. At the end he tells them he's still weak mm. and feels weak. Mm. But he goes on in the strength of Christ. When I am weak, then I am strong. Jim, I've got to ask you. I once was sitting in on one of your classes and you made remarks, something to the effect that you can have great theology but with no heart. 
it's not really great theology. How do we apply this to our lives? How do the words of Paul fit us today as Christ followers? When we do feel weak, we should do what I'm sure that Christ told Paul to do. Come back to me. Tell me your need. Lay it out. Ask me for wisdom and ask me for strength. Wisdom, of course, is one element in strength. Mm -hmm. Without wisdom, you can't keep control of situations. And when you've lost control of situations, then, well, you feel weak with a vengeance. You can't do anything further in that situation until you can recover control. That's when we really feel our need for Christ Well, we do. being close. We do. And we need to ask him, give us the sense of the truth that you told the apostles before you ascended. Lo, I am with you always. Give me the sense that you are standing by me. Give me the wisdom, give me the self-control, give me the control of the situation. Of course, control of the situation doesn't mean that you're always managing the situation. You may be in a situation that's comparable to Jesus before the high priest, Jesus before Pilate, Mm -hmm. Jesus as the prisoner in the hands of the people who, who are in a position to make it rough for him. Well, he handled the situation, as we know, by saying very little. Indeed, um, saying nothing to Pilate second time round. We are still in control of the situation as he was still in control of the situation. If we are, as we sometimes need to be, behaving like that, saying very little. But nonetheless, keeping our integrity, keeping our consistency and being the one who at the end of the discussion has dignity where the other folk in the discussion have lost theirs. In Second Corinthians, we see this weakness of Paul being opened for us, but of course, the ultimate example of weakness is our Savior. It is Jesus. Oh, yes. It's yes. Isaiah coming to fruition mm-hmm. in the Gospels, the that's life of Christ. That's right. And that's our example, I guess. Oh, yes, it is. And I think here of Isaiah 53, where Mm -hmm. from beginning to end, the chapter is highlighting, you could even say celebrating, Mm -hmm. the weakness of God's servant, who in his weakness, and even through his weakness, brings redemption, because he accepts the Lord laying on him the iniquity of us all. And so he atones for our sins. And at the end of Isaiah 53, of course, the servant is alive again, and by what he's done, he justifies many. He bears their iniquities, and now they acknowledge and love him as their Savior. Oh, yes. Christ is the ultimate demonstration of the strength of weakness, which is what we're talking about. We can take that to the bank. Dr. Jim J.I. Packer, thank you for joining me here on Haven today. Well, thank you, Charles, for the opportunity to say some of these things, which I've been very happy to say. Dr. J.I. Packer knew what it was like to struggle with weakness, 
So did the Apostle Paul. We've mentioned him also more than once this week. And so do we, you, me. And the good news of the gospel is that so did Jesus. I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 4. That's where the writer, the preacher, tells us Jesus Christ is not just a high priest standing off somewhere praying or making atonement. No, we're told he is a sympathetic high priest. He knows what we go through. He knows what we suffer. And he meets us where we are. And in the words of my late friend Jim Packer, Christ sees us through. I can do all things Through Christ who gives me strength But sometimes I wonder what He can do through me No great success to show No glory on my own But in my weakness He is there To let me know That His strength is perfect When our strength is gone He'll carry us When we can Carry on Raised in His power The weak become strong His strength is perfect His strength is perfect We can only The power that He holds When we truly see how deep our weakness goes His strength in us begins Where ours comes to an end And He hears our humble cry And he proves again That his strength is perfect When our strength is gone He'll carry us when we can Carry on Raised in his power His strength is perfect His strength is perfect His strength is perfect His strength is perfect Stephen Curtis Chapman, somebody who also has known suffering And his strength is perfect here on this haven today. Where we'd love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus. I can't say that often enough. And that means I want to help you remember the promises of God. That your Lord is with you. He's your good shepherd who guides you through it all, good and bad. 
even through the valley of the shadow of death. J.I. Packer could testify that the Lord is faithful through hardship. Johnny Erickson Tata can do the same. Jesus with us through it all. And that's exactly what Johnny wants to share with you in her just-out book called Songs of Suffering, 25 Hymns and Devotions for Weary Souls. So I'd like you to get Johnny Erickson Tata's brand new book, Songs of Suffering. And as so many people have the last couple of weeks, get a copy for yourself, but get some copies to give away. So just call us, ask for the Johnny book, but ask about how you can get multiple copies when you call us at 800-65-HAVEN. And thank you so very, very much for your generosity in supporting us this August. You can also go online, take a look at samples from the book, the video we shot with Johnny, our web address, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And when you're on our website, remember that little banner across the top of our homepage. Click there. Find out more. Time is running out to join me the end of November and walk where Jesus walked, a Holy Land trip, together. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next week? And again, we'll get to share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Something all of my close friends know about me is that I love tomatoes, which I grow myself every year. There's just something about nurturing the tomato plant throughout the season, making sure it's protected from wildlife, the wilderness, the elements, watching it slowly begin to bear fruit, and then finally to reap the reward of a season well spent. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is just like that, in season and refreshing, but it needs nurture, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, forgiveness, self-control. These don't grow naturally. They need faith, and a faith that's in submission to Christ. Walk by the Spirit, and you'll bear the fruit, and those around you will be blessed. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.